Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. All right, there's a lot to cover in this particular episode, so happy Monday, first of all. Second of all, um, I'm going to jump right in here with Vanessa Hurst and, and some of the things that she sent me because this is a really interesting dynamic that takes place where you have a corrupt school district with corrupt officials that, that reveal themselves along the way with their own programs and their own policies. And it really is horrific. And they're continuing to do this and sort of pass it off as if it's not that big a deal or this is a great idea or whatever else. It's beyond communism, and I'm going to get into that in a minute. But first of all, um, the Nelson County Gazette had one of their quote-unquote journalists uh, write a piece now, ironically, the guy's name is Jim Brooks. We share the same last name, and believe it or not, that uh, Jim is the uh, first name of my dad's father. So there you go. Um, but no relation, I assure you. So this says, uh, it's titled this, Opinion, Debating Education Ideas is Fine, But Personal Attacks Don't Lead to Progress, by Jim Brooks, Nelson County Gazette. Thursday, May twentieth, 2021. Okay, I'm going to read this. Here we go. I'm just going to give you the quick Cliff Notes version here first off the bat, uh, but bear with me as I read this. Basically, he says, well-informed parents going after school officials is not, is not productive. Now, I want you to, again, think about that for a minute. Well-informed parents with statistics and facts on their side going after corrupt school board officials who are ramming through a bad program, is not productive. Well, of course it's not. It's not productive for the bad guys. And in fact, Amazing Polly did her latest episode on this very thing. Uh, I high, highly recommend going and checking that out as well on, on her BitChute channel. She, she basically went over an academic paper where the corrupt academians, as it were, or scholars if you want to call them that, uh, basically said that informed citizens are a threat to humanity. That well-informed people can be considered dangerous. That's called totalitarianism, if people believe that. It's absolutely crazy. So, here we go. The article reads as such, quote, The statistics sum of the parents cited at the last Tuesday evening's meeting of the Nelson County School Board Education have some parents have some people shaking their heads and asking, can that be right? Quote unquote. Some of the figures quoted during the public comment period of the Board of Education were used as weapons to attack the leadership of Superintendent Wes Bradley. Over the course of this past month's community meetings, some of the rhetoric, both in person and on social media, has turned unnecessarily mean and ugly. And at Tuesday night's school board meeting, there were several community members who called on the superintendent to resign or for the board to refuse to renew his contract. As former board member Rebecca McGuire Dye told the crowd, we all know that change is scary and the proposed community campus plan is a big change. And while some may question Bradley's leadership, it is exactly his willingness to challenge the status quo that made him the right choice to serve as superintendent. Here's the problem. I'm going to cut in real quick. This article is already trash. Uh, Bradley is a puppet. He's being paid 
like a lot of superintendents are. He's being paid to ram through a communistic program that's funded by foreign agencies. The Zuckerbergs fund it. China funds it, which means China funds it. The Qatar Foundation now, we know, thanks to the work again of Vanessa Hurst throughout all of this. The Qatar Foundation, ladies and gentlemen, the Middle, e- Middle Easterners fund this program. This entire school redesign thing. And I'm going to get into the specifics of that later, too, because it has long-term consequences, which I mentioned in the last episode where the two of us were talking. So I highly recommend going and checking that out again as well. Um, not to mention, I, I, I watched the school board meeting, the entire thing. And again, Rebecca McGuire Dyer, the uh, former school board member herself, walked up and basically just licked everybody's boots and kissed everybody's ass. That's essentially what happened. It was embarrassing. I just don't think the name-calling is appropriate. I don't think the attacks are professional. I don't think... That's a person who's asleep. That's all. That's a person who's asleep and doesn't get it. Okay, moving on. Quote, Some of the opportunities of the community campus proposal have resorted to using numbers, facts, and figures as weapons. Oh, no. Quote, Not just against the plan to bring middle school students into the two high school campuses, but as clubs, slings, and arrows directed at Superintendent Bradley and board members. Why could that be? Hmm, let's think. After hearing the statistics used Tuesday night, I decided to find those figures myself. Ooh, good for you. You decided to do your job. Uh, The place to locate and confirm the statistics mentioned on the board meeting is Kentucky Department of Education School Report Card website. The website provides extensive statistics on school districts and individual schools, and I found that the statistics parents quoted are indeed correct. However, those numbers are provided without context of exactly what they indicate, as is the case in most things. The devil is in the details, or the devil's just there. doesn't have to be in the details. It can, it can just be right in front of your face. So first of all, he, he mentions teacher turnover. Quote, I confirmed that the website shows that teacher turnover rate at at the Nelson County Schools for 2020 was 31.3%. 95 teachers left their jobs, but like most statistics, it really isn't meaningful until you provide context of what those numbers actually mean. First of all, that's a lie. You should never have a turnover rate that big, even with retiring teachers. Not ever. That means you have an unhealthy work environment to say the least. That's putting it mildly. He continues, quote, if you read the small print, you'll learn that KDE counts not only teachers who left the district employment, but the number also indicates teachers who retired last year or were promoted to administrative positions. Okay, why do they retire? Why do they get promoted? Ask those questions too, because that's workplace bullying. That's usually why that takes place. The person is uncomfortable in the job they want. They're forced to either leave or take a job they don't they don't want. Given that the impact of COVID-19 has had on schools and teachers, I know that many older teachers made the decision to retire last year. It wasn't because of COVID-19. Sorry, I'm cutting in a little too much here. It wasn't because of that. It was because of the unprofessionalism that came with the decision making that was all based on nothing. Continues, quote, statewide feature figures for teacher turnover was 18.2%. That's not good either, Kentucky. Not good. Uh, quote, 
But in this year of COVID-19 and all of the fear of of infection that left many of us over the age of 50 afraid of being in any public setting, did it really? My parents are in their 70s. Not afraid at all. Fears in the mind. Anyway, continuing. Can we put the entire blame for the turnover rate on the superintendent? And are there other factors at play in that statistic? So then he has this next section, and this will be rich. He says, what's really most important? Uh-oh. God, this guy, first of all, can't write, and number one, loves propaganda. Or just, again, he's brainwashed and believes these lies. It's probably the latter, or both. Quote, what really mo- what, what's really most important? The real question is that parents and the board must continue to keep in the forefront is pretty basic. What possible action by the school board is in the best interest of the district's kids. No. No, wrong again. Particularly when it comes to offering equal academic and leadership opportunities to middle school students. It is to move middle schoolers to the high school is it is it to move middle schoolers to the high school campuses? Question mark. Or is there another way to gain the advantages of grouping middle schoolers together in another fashion? What is needed right now is creative ideas and solutions, not slings and arrows. Oh my God, this guy's horrible. Again, no relation. His name is Jim Brooks, no relation. Uh, Quote, the board knows, he says, the board of education's job is to watch the metrics. They oversee the policies and shape how schools are operated. And I think it goes without saying that the board members are well aware of the challenges the district has faced over the years and continues to face moving forward. Thankfully, the Nelson County Schools have been blessed with a responsive board member with responsive board members who have the balls to make tough decisions when they need to and despite school meeting school social media criticism continue to strive to improve our children's welfare and educational opportunities. I'm going to read that last paragraph. Wow. Last paragraph again, quote, Thankfully, the Nelson County Schools have been blessed with responsive board members who have the balls to make tough decisions when they need to, and despite social media criticism, continue to strive to improve our children's welfare and educational opportunities. Then he ends it by saying this, feedback, okay, well, I've had my say, now it's your turn. Send your letters by email to the editor, news at nelsoncountygazette.com. First of all, that's completely inappropriate to say they have the balls. Um, most of them are female. That's, that's just one observation right off the top of my head. I believe only one board member was male. If I'm not mistaken, I, I saw I saw the board members. Um, they're women. Not to mention to make a comment like that. It, it's just a hit piece. It's a so again. This right here should tell people listening to this. You've got your newspaper is 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 providing hit pieces against its own people and its own students. And as I've said a thousand times in the past, it's not the job of the school board member to decide what's best. For, for quote-unquote kids, the district's kids, what's in their best interests. No, no, that's parents. That's the parents' decision. So, Vanessa Hurst replied 
with an excellent letter, and I'm going to read it right now. Here we go. Titled, Letter, District's Teacher Turnover Rate, A Valid Reason for Community Concern, May 21, 2021. Quote, Dear Editor, when people witness injustice where their children are concerned, things tend to get heated and fast. Rightfully so. Any parent worth their salt is going to step up and defend and protect the interests of their child. At the May 18, 2021 Nelson County Board meeting, I observed several parents with legitimate concerns speak with a ton of research to back up every point they were making. Not only were their points valid and well-researched, they were professionals who, who processed the statistics and information for a living. They, are all, they all spoke and presented very, some very well, and eye-opening information regarding our school district, but not just our district. There was also the same information for every surrounding district to compare and balance out what they were finding. So it came as no surprise to read an opinion piece by a seasoned journalist, Jim Brooks, again, no relation, essentially calling these parents mudslingers. What is mudslinging? According to the Merriam-Webster on my desk, the making of malicious verbal attacks as against a political opponent, malicious, having a desire to cause harm. I don't think a single one of these parents want to cause harm. On the contrary, I think what they want is to recover what was once a wonderful school system. This same season journalist cited the COVID-19 pandemic as a major factor in the number of teachers who left Nelson County. At least he did his homework and confirmed the very high turnover rate, 31.3%. But citing COVID-19 as a major contributing factor, that, quote, many older teachers made the decision to retire last year, unquote. By that logic, the number in surrounding counties should have jumped significantly, but they didn't. Here are the numbers, here are the numbers he did not tell you. Oh, this is, this is delicious. And, and she, and again, in the episode where we had our conversation, she laid these out 100%. 2019 to 2020 school year teacher turnover rates. State average, 18.2%. Nelson County, 31.3%. Washington County, 13.4%. LaRue County, 4.8%. Spencer County, 7.2%. Bullitt County, 15.3%. Nelson County is the worst. Well, you can argue that maybe Nelson County had more teachers ready to retire, so let's look at the previous year. 2018 to 2019 school year teacher turnover rates, state average 18.4%, went down 0.2% in 1920. Nelson County, 24.7%, went up 6.6% in the 1920 school year. Washington County, 125 Went up 1.2% in 1920 school year. LaRue County went down 3.8%. Spencer County went down 6.7%. And Bullock County went down 4.9%. But Nelson counties went up. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't deny these statistics. You just can't. She ends it by saying this, quote, So what is that telling us? 
In the year of the pandemic, when Mr. Brooks is claiming enough teachers retired or moved into administrative positions, the majority of the surrounding districts actually saw a downward trend in turnover rates, but not Nelson County. No, we had an increase of 6.6%. Washington County had an increase of one2 But even looking at the numbers from the 2018-19 school year, Nelson County is still 6.3% higher than the state average. That should be a red flag. The numbers are concerning and district leadership should answer for what is happening there. The parents who spoke at Tuesday's meeting have legitimate concerns and painting them as malicious social media mob, as a malicious social media mob, is extreme and disingenuous. By the way, Mr. Brooks, it's unprofessional to use slang terms in journalism, even in an opinion piece, but that's just my opinion. Respectfully, Vanessa Hurst, New Cayman, Kentucky. Awesome. Just bringing the truth and dropping bombs. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So Jim Brooks replied and said, Miss, uh... Ms. Hurst, thank you for your well-written letter to the editor, and I appreciate the time you spent to provide additional data. Your points are well taken. If the turnover rate isn't skewed by retirements, etc., then I agree it's evidence of a larger problem. I will have your letter to the editor posted later today. Thanks again, Jim Brooks. Well, at least he posted it. That was nice of him. Oh, my. It's it's, It's political. It's... Smearing, it's trying to keep people asleep. That's what they're consistently doing here. And even newspapers are in on in on it. They're just trying to keep people asleep. Now, here's something else that's related again directly to Nelson County in their district that is also trying to keep people asleep. Um, let me see if I can get to it here. Okay. This comes again from Vanessa Hurst with, and this is alarming, and we we discussed this too, which is going to lead into another point I'm going to make a little later here. She said, Sean, the district has rolled out some unbelievably appalling documents, but I think I've stumbled across the most heinous of them all. This is from Nelson County Early Learning Center, aka preschool. These kids are three and four years old. Warning, I became nauseous when a friend showed me this. Take a look. Um, and names and faces have been blocked out of this. So uh, let me describe this. It's a booklet where essentially the teacher of the child, the preschool teacher of the child, three and four years old, is filling out this booklet to represent what the child is interested in. This is the communistic playbook right here because as we all know, No three-year-old knows what they want to do for a living. No four-year-old knows what they want to do for a living. But what they're doing is, is they're grooming these students to convince them of particular things that they'll want to do. And then this paperwork, I might add, is uploaded onto the district's website so that anybody with a district password or username can view any of this information. It's beyond lazy. Uh, It's beyond unprofessional when they could be actually teaching them how to read and write, recognize shapes, heaven forbid, add and subtract. They could do that at the age of three or four. They could start getting them to do that if these were actual teachers, but they're not. They're babysitters. These are paid babysitters 
and now they're filling out these these booklets and these laminated uh, these laminated papers and folders where where the teacher themselves is typing in what the child has apparently done or what the, uh, apparently the child is interested in. How in the hell they would be able to ma- uh, figure that out is beyond me. But there you have it. Um, there's more to it, I'm sure. I'm not getting all of the details, but it's awful to say the least. Not to mention, the child's name is associated with these things that are being filled out by by their preschool teacher and then interests are being written out, as I said, by the teacher, and then that gets uploaded to the district website. And as I said, anybody with a district login and password can access this information about this minor. Now, let's pretend for a minute that child trafficking exists, which it does. Let's pretend for a minute that pedophiles exist, which they do. If you have this information and you're a trafficker or a pedophile, you also then know where this child lives. Because you're blindly trusting now district officials to not share this information, including the location of where this person, of where these kids live, to somebody outside of the district who may want to harm them. Again, this business of personal information on the internet when you're a minor is disturbing, to say the least. And keep in mind, too, in this district, they did have pictures of these minors on the internet. And it took serious pushback in order to get those pictures of these minors who are in that school district taken off of the internet. But you still have constant personal information here now. So, I'm not a pedophile. Let's say I was. I roll up in my van to Timmy's front door in my van filled with candy because I know that Timmy likes candy and candy's in my van and I'm going to either traffic him or do something ungodly to him. And then all of a sudden, Timmy's gone. Well, where did Timmy go? Well, nobody knows, but, you know, kids just disappear, you know, like a rabbit in a hat. They're just gone. That's what happens. They just disappear. No, they get taken they get taken. I understand that I'm taking this to another level here, and it's probably a level that, again, many people haven't thought of, but this is the problem with minor, minors, elementary, we're talking preschool, three to four-year-olds, even elementary school students probably have a lot of their information on the internet here through the district. It shouldn't be happening. Reading, writing, and arithmetic should be happening, not these games, gimmicks, and uh, and grooming techniques to make them all communists. Now, with that said, there's another point that's worth mentioning. I was sent a text thread from someone, and it highlighted uh, from also from Vanessa with a number of different people texting back and forth, and it laid out something that Vanessa and I specifically talked about. So this is already happening because of these bad programs and these these awful classes that are being offered at the high school level, when individuals attempt to enter the college level, they won't get in, let alone to the college of their choice, which is what was described in this particular text thread. It was a parent saying, my daughter couldn't get into the college that she applied for where she she was clearly um, qualified for with her GPA. The problem was, is that the college looked at her and said, the classes you took don't mean anything. 
you took a lot of experience classes, quote unquote. They don't mean anything, uh, so that's why we're not accepting your application. That's going to start happening. Why does that start? Ha why is that happening? And it's happening on purpose, I might add. It's happening on purpose to keep people at the local level so that the only skills that they have are some of the most basic work skills possible. That's it. So this business, again, of getting into college or university is going to be harder and harder and harder, the worse that K-12 schools become. And the more communistic, and we all just want to have experiences, and we don't want to pass tests because tests don't need to exist anymore, and we don't need to read and write, and we don't need to learn the English language, and we don't need to do any of that. When it comes time for them to want to go to college, they won't be able to. Do you understand that? They won't be able to. The colleges will laugh at them. It's just like people in the workplace now laughing at people who graduate from the university level with degrees that say gender studies on them or critical race theory on them. And, th and that's either their major or those are all the classes they've taken. Those classes then don't mean anything. They mean nothing. They might as well have been taking nothing in school. That's the point. The point is to create generations of unqualified, unthinking people so that the, the most basic skills of flipping a burger is the only thing that they're going to be able to do. And that's an insult to people who flip burgers for a living because they work hard too. This is the plan. This is what Nelson County is doing. They're not the only one. They're not the only school district doing this. Okay, shifting gears here. This is the second thing I wanted to bring up, and this too is absolutely horrific. And I've been screaming about this since day one, a year ago, at least. And it's going to happen, and it's happening. Now schools are openly discriminating and segregating if students in their schools don't receive these COVID jabs. So I'm going to play this audio in a minute, but I first want to just read this title to you, and it comes from the Tennessee Star in Tennessee, clearly. And it says, quote, Tennessee high school will exempt students who get COVID-19 vaccine from final exams. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Students won't have to take their final exams in this high school, which I believe is a private high school. But they won't have to take their final exams if they get their if they get this shot. I want I want the depth of that to sink in for a minute. We know that governments are bribing people with millions of dollars in free college, like Ohio, Colorado, and Oregon. They're all doing it now, apparently. I knew Ohio was, but just the other day I heard Colorado's doing it, and apparently Oregon is doing it too. To take a life-altering poison that will ruin their DNA and make them ill and cause them to die. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the end won't be for everybody. The end here will not be for everybody. And what is going to happen here in the fall is going to shake people to their core. You have not seen the pandemic yet, but you are going to. It's inevitable now. The writing is on the wall. 
They're telling you what they're doing. And this, by the way, has got to be completely illegal. Any parent that subjects their children to something like this to get out of final exams is a lunatic. However, here's where it gets tricky because I said this in, uh, in last week's podcast episodes, in one of them at least. I certainly put it on Gab. Tennessee's own health department has now said that children, minors, anybody below the age of 18, can get these shots without their parents' consent. So they're using final exams as bait. That's the carrot. But what they don't know is the donkey that they're riding on. Or or them just being the donkey, period, is going to go right off a cliff. So here's the article, and I'm not even going to read the entire article so much as I am just going to play the play the video of this of the head of this school, Lee Burns, who is a lunatic. So here it goes. Quote, a Chattanooga Boys Preparatory School, all male, emailed students that they could skip a final exam and go maskless if they got the COVID-19 vaccine. Parents reportedly didn't receive the email about the vaccination incentive. It's not an incentive. It's worse than that. It's satanic. Quote, which also required that 500 students receive the vaccine. This information also didn't make it to the school's press release concerning the vaccine. Publicly, Macaulay School shared that it would be mandating the COVID-19 vaccine come fall. If their official un- in their official announcement, Macaulay School shared that they would mandate the COVID-19 vaccine. Nowhere did they mention that vaccinated students would receive a special exemption from the final exam of their choice and school mask mandates. Macaulay head of school, Lee Burns, asserted that the mandate was a, quote, logical, socially responsible extension, unquote, of the school's student health policy. He says, quote, the CDC and FDA, the Hamilton County Health Department, the National Association of Independent Schools, physicians with whom we've consulted, and many other health and educational professionals, all of them strongly recommend vaccinations, said Burns. This is against the law. They're so brainwashed or they're so evil There need to be crimes against humanity against these people, right down to the local level individual schools. I'm also going to make this little comment as I'm looking at the background of uh, his little video here, which I'm going to play. He's got a Freemason hat sitting on the bookcase right behind him. So is this associated with the school in some way, these these Freemason-looking hats? It could be a bucket with tassels coming off the top, but it looks like a Freemason hat. Just saying, one of those fezes, you know what I'm talking about? Like the Shriners wear? Imagery, ladies and gentlemen, it's everywhere. All right. I'm going to play this lunatic's audio. Here we go. Greetings from the Ridge. I want to share with you today important news about our COVID-19 protocols for next year and how they will enable us to move significantly toward a return to a more normal campus experience for your sons. We are eager for this return to normalcy and optimistic that with all of our students, faculty and staff, and parents taking responsibility 
for doing their part. The upcoming school year will be an excellent year without many of the safety requirements of this year, which, while necessary, have been difficult and limiting. I'll start off, though, by thanking you. All of us at Macaulay are appreciative of the huge role that you've played in helping us navigate successfully all the challenges of teaching and educating your sons during this past year and a half worldwide pandemic. We've been successful. Learning has been in person. We've kept the campus open and relatively safe, avoiding a lot of the obstacles that have tripped up other schools. We've held performances, practices, games, and events. Your sons have responded positively and with great attitudes to a lot of restrictions. Wearing masks, reporting health status every morning, limited dining options, and eating many meals outside rather than in the dining hall, maintaining social distancing, limiting travel, and large gatherings. I could go on and on, but you know these as well as I do. As I said, you've been instrumental in keeping your sons in compliance with all these requirements, and we thank you. Though the number of COVID cases and the trends are much better, the pandemic is not over. The new variants are especially contagious. People are still contracting COVID, so we have to continue to be vigilant. We must and will continue to take reasonable steps to protect our boys and faculty and staff as we monitor the situation and have opportunities to utilize emerging resources for the safety and health of our community. There is good news. Our student health service staff which has done a great job during the pandemic, tells me we've only had one case of COVID-19 reported in the past month among students and faculty and staff. That's a wonderful bit of news to report. There are a lot of reasons for that, but certainly one of the major reasons is that most of our faculty and staff and a large number of our students aged 16 and older have been vaccinated. That's what I want to talk about today. We're announcing to your sons that for the 2021-22 school year, all age-eligible students, faculty, and staff will be required to have the COVID-19 vaccine. This is a logical, socially responsible extension of our general student health policy. The CDC, the FDA, the Hamilton County Health Department, the National Association of the Independent Schools, physicians with whom we've consulted, and many other health and educational professionals, all of them strongly recommend vaccinations. Already, we require vaccinations for diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, polio, hepatitis B, measles, mumps, rubella, and varicella for all students. Adding COVID-19 vaccinations to the list is the responsible thing to do. I have to jump in here. Is I mean, I'm starting to get a nosebleed. First of all, let me. I've spent so much time on the business of vaccines over the years. If you're getting a polio vaccine, as he just said, we, we, we've required polio vaccines. For what? For something that doesn't exist? I mean, the business of vaccinating people is, an, is, is, an, is another set of truths that are absolutely horrific. They're filled with carcinogens. I could go on for days about it. There's no reason to be doing this because he's the head of the school and now he's playing doctor. But see, what they're doing, too, is they're passing the buck, which means when the shit hits the fan, he's going to pass the buck. Well, we were just taking advice from all these agencies. It's their fault. It's not our fault. Ladies and gentlemen, in the fall, K-12 students, college students who return, and anybody that's been getting these jabs in these massive social settings and these huge settings are going to be dropping like flies. They're going to be dropping like flies. They're not going to be able 
to sustain the level of sickness that's actually going to take place. They keep using the word pandemic. There isn't one, but there's going to be one, and it's coming up. Dude, we join a growing number of independent schools around the country, as well as many universities, in requiring this vaccine. With a fully vaccinated school community, we can begin returning to pre-COVID normalcy. Masks will not be required in most or perhaps all places. Social distancing will be decreased or eliminated. Serving lines with our wide range of food will return to the dining hall. And a number of other restrictions will be lifted. Quarantining contact tracing may be reduced or eliminated. We'll be working on all those details over the next couple of months and we'll keep you and your sons informed. We can do these and other things with a fully vaccinated school community. We can give your sons the best, most full, and normal Macaulay experience. But it takes all of you all of us, to give this to them. This is what they want, this is what they need, and this is what they deserve. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? This is what they want, this is what they need, this is what they they deserve. They're minors. They don't know what they want, need, or deserve. And you don't get to play a eugenicist because you're not a medical doctor. He probably doesn't even have a PhD. He probably doesn't have anything over a master's degree, just saying, not throwing degrees out like, you know, whatever, like that matters because we know medical doctors aren't practicing medicine appropriately right now. So, but of all people to be telling parents what's good for their children, this, this right here is a serious brainwashing habit that exists everywhere. It's, it's just awful. It's awful. All right, I'm going to wrap this up with this lunatic. My God. We've held on-campus vaccination clinics, and we'll hold others over the summer. But vaccines are now readily available everywhere, are free, and are approved for children as young as age 12. So there should be no impediment to getting a shot. And while you're getting the vaccine for your son, we encourage you to do so for the rest of your family if you've not already done so. As with all the immunizations that we require... We will follow state guidelines in making exceptions for medical reasons or for religious reasons. But I want to be clear, COVID-19 vaccines are safe and socially responsible. If your son does not receive a vaccine, he'll be putting not only his own health at risk, he'll be putting the health of his fellow students and teachers at risk. While we have not finalized all of our protocols for next year, it's highly likely if your son does not receive a vaccination, he'll be required to wear a mask and observe social distancing while on campus. He just told everybody he's going to discriminate against them. That's what he just said. If you don't get the jab, you're going to have to wear a mask, and you're going to have to stand over here. That's against the law. Well, there's uh, religious exemptions and medical exemptions, but it's the, the, but they're safe anyway. They're safe. They're safe, and they're socially responsible. It's getting it is socially responsible. Which means if you don't get the jabs, you're not being socially responsible. That's what he just said. This guy is a lunatic. He's a psychopath. No remorse. All scripted. Cold calculated. Psychopath. Community. A family. And we talk often with your sons about what that means. It means we have common and high standards and values that we share as we care for each other. It means we have commitments to each other, that we have duties to each other, sometimes doing hard and unnatural things which are right to do. 
It means we serve each other and even make sacrifices for one another. It means we see the needs of others and look for ways to love, protect, and help each other. This way of doing life together at Macaulay is an expression of our values and mission, consistent with the Christian ethic of loving our neighbors as ourselves, and an important and tangible way to practice social responsibility. Being a Macaulay student and member of the Macaulay community... There you go. If you don't get the jab, you're not a Christian. He just keeps piling it on, doesn't he? Just like a good, trained little robot just keeps piling it on. If you don't get the jabs, you're not a Christian. God hates you, and you're being socially irresponsible. It's a privilege. With that privilege comes responsibility to one another, to the overall school community. Each of your sons and each one of you has that responsibility. It's in that spirit that we're requiring the vaccine. I want to say a special thanks to our student health services staff. They've done a fantastic job this past year of keeping your son safe. That's enough. That's enough. There's about another minute and a half. That's enough. Um, I'm going to link that entire lunatic. I'm going to link this article, which has the YouTube video embedded in it, uh, in the description below, so you yourself can subject yourself to this lunatic's words in the last minute and a half if you're interested. What I'd like to do is this. I'd like to read you the comments section on the YouTube channel of Macaulay School. Because there's eight comments, uh, and they're not good. And I'm shocked that the comments are even turned on for this video. I'm shocked because most school districts turn the comments off for reasons just like what you're about to hear. The very first most upvoted comment says this, and they're all from the same person. It says, quote, so if someone declines the jab due to religious reasons, you'll make them wear a mask? That's flat-out discrimination. Unbelievable. Watch out for lawsuits. The next comment from the same person says, Furthermore, can we hold Macaulay schools liable if, someone goes, if something goes wrong with the vaccine? Since we can't hold the manufacturers liable, will you be willing to take, on that, take that on? It's not FDA-approved. An EUA is not emergency use authorization, is not at all the same as FDA approval. What is CRISPR technology? Question mark. What is gene editing? Question mark. Why have mRNA vaccines never before been approved? Question mark. Why the rush now? Question mark. Why make something mandatory when it's been out for five months? Question mark. Why risk the health of my child for something with a 99.7 cure rate, and that's without medical intervention? Why? Making a child wear a mask because his family doesn't want to take a chance on a new technology of a so-called vaccine is singling him out among his peers. Why not make him wear a scarlet letter or a yellow star? This is unconditional, this is unconditional and you'll all know it. And then they make one more comment. Or actually, this person says this. Also absolutely ridiculous and shows just how out of touch they are and how dare you compare what Jews have experienced with the Holocaust. And Oh, please. Okay, so somebody's actually coming to the defense of this, of this person. And that's typical. You're always going to have the, the, the bootlickers uh, c come out in the comment section. But this person says this. They responded. They said, 
Will the non-vaccinated kids have, have to ride in a separate bus or in the back of the bus? Do you not see the problem here? They are threatening to ostracize minors for religious beliefs. The COVID numbers do not add up to justify, to justify forced vaccines. And they're not vaccines, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't at all like smallpox where one out of three died. And you know how one out of three died? One out of three died of smallpox because they wore masks and they took the vaccines. Fun fact there, ladies and gentlemen. Fun fact. This is horrific. I'm going to stay on this. I'm not going anywhere. Like the podcast or not, your call. I'm staying on this because I've called this. I called this a year ago. And here we are now, one year later. And it's here. It's already here. Sue this school. Sue this school. Sue the head of that school. He's practicing medicine. And he can't say, well, I'm just doing what other people are saying. He's responsible for what goes on in that building. He's responsible legally. If a kid gets raped, that's on him. If a kid gets murdered, he's responsible too. We're talking about minors in a building. None of this waiver signing stuff. People have to wake up. We have to wake each other up. That's what we all have to do here. So I'm going to link that Tennessee article in the description below. That's what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to come back on Wednesday with more stuff, I'm certain, because the education news here is just getting worse. It's getting worse. It's not getting better. It'll only get better when these schools cease to exist, patriots take them over, and we root them out of these brainwashed totalitarians. It's the only way. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.